0: This is the Front Page Podcast from the Red and Black. I'm your host, John James. In this episode, I'll be sitting down with Red and Black Deputy Editor of Standards and Practices, Martina Essert, discuss campus etiquette. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Martina.
1: Of course, I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) So it's that time of year again, people are coming back to Athens, they're going to classes, they're living that college life. Along that line, with that in mind, we wanted to talk about few things to avoid while you're on campus a few maybe do's and don'ts you could call them but before we jump into this you made a list you checked it twice and I wanted to ask is there any way this is organized for you alphabetical most important to least important some things you just really really hate to least hated (laughs) what's the setup we're working with here
1: Martina definitely John um after spending four years on campus and in Athens I've definitely collected a, a long trivial list of things that peeve me, um, but also things that sort of make me smile. So over my time here at UGA, I've sort of observed some, I guess, common things that maybe freshmen don't quite understand yet or unspoken rules that I feel like really sort of disrupt the peace when they're broken. Um, and I wanted to shout out my my friend and co-worker and former podcast host, Jim Bass, uh, he recently <laughs> published an article on football etiquette that was very controversial, but he sort of inspired me to go beyond football and think about etiquette that maybe some people on campus, students or otherwise, maybe don't know. So my list is sort of compiled into four sections, one for bus etiquette, um, I ride the bus. Do you ride the bus, John?
0: I ride the bus. Really?
1: Which I, bus do you ride?
0: I ride uh so I used to have a park and ride spot, so I used to ride park and ride all the time. Gotcha. Um I love I love the north south connector. I love the East Campus bus because I need to get a Ramsey. I'm trying to get from downtown all the way downtown to as far south as the south goes. So I, I I have the I have to ride the works sometimes. Gotcha
1: gotcha. Yeah, big north south connector guy. <laughs> I um freshman year I rode the West Campus bus cuz I lived in Russell, so I rode that everywhere. And then now I live off of Riverbend, so I ride the Athens like city 12 bus. Um so I've spent a lot of time on buses. Anyways, that's my first section. And then I also have a section on walking, a uh, different means of transportation, but one that probably more students even use than the bus. And then also a little section on the MLC my beloved holy land where I spend way too much of my time and also one for just classes because that's what we're here for. So those are my four sections. Uh, they each have a couple of items in each that I want to sort of gripe about and discuss today.
0: Excellent. All right. Um, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Super Would you please excited. start us off with your bus section marking?
1: <laughs> for sure. For sure. So as I said, been riding the bus since freshman year And I've noticed a couple things that maybe I wasn't even aware of when I first started riding, but sort of picked up on over my time on the bus. The first one have you ever been on a really crowded bus? Yes. Like front, like packed like sardines? Yes. It's awful, right? It's terrible. Especially in August Uh uh, when you're all sweaty and sticky and no one wants to be packed next to each other. Uh, But what makes that bus situation worse? is when someone has a huge backpack that they're hitting you in the face with or hitting you with when you're trying to walk behind them. Uh, So my first little campus etiquette that maybe you don't know, but you will see some people doing who maybe look older, is when the bus is crowded and you're packed together front to back, taking your backpack off and putting it on the ground between your feet or putting it in front of you just so you know where it is because I think this is one of those offenses that you don't even know you're committing really when you're just trying to walk through the bus but you don't know that you're smacking the guy behind you in the face with your I don't know little baby squishmallow that's on a chain off your backpack or something <laughs> So have you ever seen that happen? Yes. Like many times. Yeah. I I mean yeah. I've probably done it. <laughs> but that is my first one. When so, I'm
0: riding a bu- when I'm riding the bus, I feel like overconscious of like my space cuz I I don't want to be that guy. No one wants to be that guy. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Definitely. And everyone has a backpack. We all feel awkward and are just trying to, like John said, like squish into the smallest space possible. But being aware and just maybe taking the backpack off or making sure that it's in front of you where you can see exactly who it's sitting in the face is very helpful. Um, Another thing on a very crowded bus is seat selection. I think most people are aware of this. If the bus is relatively empty, I will say it's kind of awkward to go up and sit directly next to someone when there are like 25 empty seats right across from them. That's sort of a personal preference thing. Maybe don't sit next to the one taken seat on the bus. But also, please do not sit on the bus when it's extremely crowded and everyone's trying to get to class and then put your backpack in the seat next to you. We've all seen that, right?
0: <laughs> Definitely. Abs- Guys, come on.
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, even the people, I feel like the people with guide dogs are the most conscious, even. Like, they have their backpack on their lap, the guide dog between their legs. Like, they're taking up so much, so little space. But then some people just sit down on the bus and throw their backpack in the seat next to them. Or manspread like crazy and take up, like, a whole three-seat section. Um, and everyone else is just standing up, so don't do that, please. (laughs) I don't care. Like, even if you don't want your bag on the ground, you can still put it in your lap like the rest of us. So definitely consider that. One other thing I had on my list for the bus is headphones. Things that me and John are wearing right now. No one wants to listen to your music or watch your YouTube video with you respectfully. (laughs) Right, John?
0: Volume control is a thing.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I've I have one friend who always watches Netflix on the bus, and one time he didn't realize that his headphones were broken, Um, and his Netflix show was playing super loud, like, on the bus for everyone to hear, and he was uh, a little embarrassed about it, and that's one situation where, like, it's understandable if you don't realize your headphones are broken, whatever. But if you're just sitting on the back of the bus... I remember there was one guy... (laughs) I used to always listen to Carrie Underwood. Like, he would sit in the back seat of the bus and just blare Carrie Underwood the whole way to school. And sometimes I would kind of be vibing with him, if I'm honest. But other times I was like, dude, I don't need to listen to Before He Cheats for, like, the eighth time this week.
0: Carrie has some bangers, but <laughs> it's keep it in moderation and keep the volume low, guys. That's all we ask.
1: Right, right, exactly. Headphones, earbuds... Whatever, Uh, and then one of the biggest ones and one that I didn't understand, and sometimes I still forget if I'm like in a hurry or if it's raining like it was the other day when I thought Noah on his Ark was about to sail by, Um, but if you're about to get on the bus, especially at a super busy stop uh, like Memorial or uh, Tate or if you're riding a city bus, like the big apartment complexes, don't as soon as the bus opens the doors don't just rush to get on the bus because nine times out of 10 there they're gonna be ten people trying to get off the bus and that creates such an awkward standoff when you're like face to face with someone right at the door of the bus and they're trying to get off and you're trying to get on the I think most acceptable thing to do in that situation is just let the doors open stand like three or four feet back from the door and just count to, like, five so people can get up, grab their backpack, and get off. Um, that's something, when I'm getting on the bus, I always feel bad when I, like, bum rush the door. And also, when I'm trying to get off the bus, it's really annoying when I try to get off and there's, like, 20 people one inch from me. Have you ever seen that?
0: Yeah, we get it. You're you're <laughs> rushing. You're trying to get a class. Everyone's trying to get a class. But... In reality, you were taking up more time than it would if you just waited a second longer.
1: Right, right. It is a, a risky game to play, though, because one time I waited very politely for everyone to get off the bus. Uh, and then as I went to get on it, the bus driver slammed the doors in my face and drove off, which sucked really bad. But it was at Memorial, so they just, like, made the loop around the arch and then came back and I got on at Tate. But... Uh, Yeah, that was really bad. So it's kind of a a tricky game to play, but I think better to let people get off before you uh, try and shove your foot in the door. Do you have any bus gripes other than the ones I mentioned?
0: No, not really. I think you covered the list, Martina. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have put some thought into it. Mostly... I mean a little bit before this podcast, but also every single day because I ride the bus to school every single day. And I think about like, oh my goodness. But then I I also have compassion because when I first started riding the bus, I probably didn't realize either. I never rode like a a campus style bus in uh, high school. So it's definitely something to learn, but me and John are here to teach you.
0: (laughs) There's definitely a learning curve. Speaking of learning. Let's go to the MLC now, Martina. Okay. What do you got for the MLC?
1: Absolutely. MLC, uh, for anyone who maybe didn't like their freshman year roommate or just has a really big course load, is a very familiar place. I personally loved my freshman year roommate, but still spent a lot of time in the MLC. It's just a very central place, a community hub, uh, and you've probably been there if you go to UGA. My, I only have two real gripes about MLC, one of which... I am a common perpetrator of the thing that I also gripe about, which I think you'll understand once I say it. Sitting alone in an MLC study room is sometimes understandable for a myriad of reasons. Sometimes you have a video introduction to record for a class and you don't want to do it in front of everyone in the open spaces. Sometimes you just want a study room. Because you want to be able to close the door and take your headphones off. I understand. But if the MLC is packed to the brim. And you see groups of five or six people walking around looking for a room. I am of the line of thought that you should probably just bite the bullet and go sit at one of the individual cubicles. Now I have been the person that has been asked to leave a room also. So I really do understand. <laughs> but I have also asked people to leave a room when I actually was trying to work on a group project and they're really mean about it. And they're like, no, like, I'm, I got here first. I'm not going to leave this room. But an individual can do everything they need to do outside of a study room. Whereas a group project cannot really be done very well outside of one.
0: When- I get it. It is kind of like a... It- Read the room situation. Like, if it's if nobody's out, if it's if it's late in the afternoon, if it's mm-hmm. early in the morning, if you got your space, then it's fine. But if if other people need it more than you do, then you give up the room. That's kind. Of, that's just like a common courtesy kind of thing.
1: Exactly. If it's eight a.m. on a Wednesday or ten p.m. on Friday, you're probably good to take it all up. But yeah, that's just my little my little thing. I've been on both sides of it again, though. <laughs> Um, another thing, sort of, a lot of this has to do with spaces that are crowded, I'm starting to realize, which I feel like more and more is what UGA is like. It's, there's a lot of people here. (laughs) Right, John?
0: There are a lot of people here, Martina. You're so right about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I went to Bolton the other day and it was chock full. Like, it was a line to wait to get in. But, I mean, I don't think that's anything really new. But... In the MLC, again, if it's really packed, you are an individual. You just very bravely and kindly gave up your study room to a group, working on a group project. It's okay to sit at tables with people that you don't know. And this is kind of scary and kind of controversial. But, like, on the fourth floor of the MLC, there are these huge, like, eight-person study tables. And I'm going to put this out there. I think it's okay for four people who have never seen each other in their lives to sit together at these eight person tables and i plead with all of you listening to this to not make them feel awkward if someone comes up and is like hey can i sit at this table with you (laughs) um because i promise that they are just as uncomfortable with the question as you are have you ever done that, John? Have you ever asked a stranger?
0: I would never, Martina. Oh, I am wow. way too anxious to sit at a table with someone else that I... A complete stranger? Like, the only scenario in which I would do something similar to that is like a, at a bus stop, if I've just walked, if I've just gotten out of gym class and I'm super tired and I need a seat, I'll sit down next to someone, someone on a bench at a bus stop, but at a table? I can, I could sit down and study anywhere. I could just go home martina
1: well that's true because your your home is like one also millimeter fair. from some, the
0: mlc some people might not have the same situation as i do and i should be considerate of that so yeah i i see what you mean
1: uh yeah i mean this is kind of a what i just wanted to sort of discuss more um because i also would definitely like stand in the corner and plead and debate inside whether or not to go sit at a table with someone Um, but every time, I've only done it twice and it was because it was the middle of finals and there was probably an ochem test that night have you ever been in MLC when there's a chem or bio test? It's crazy, I feel so bad and so lucky that I have never had to experience that Uh, go Grady but I definitely have had to sit with someone I didn't know because there was literally not a seat in the entire MLC. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. Like, there's nowhere.
0: <laughs> I had to go to the library.
1: Oh my gosh, up the stairs?
0: Up the stairs? Mm.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very desperate day if I'm walking all the way up those stairs for a seat. But anyways, that's my, my random little MLC. If someone comes up to you and is like, hey, can I sit at this table? Sure. And also, if there's nowhere else to sit, I I empower you to go sit with a stranger.
0: <laughs> Excellent, Martino. You have anything else you'd like to say about the MLC?
1: That's all for the MLC. I Excellent. love it.
0: What's the next <laughs> session you got for us, Martino?
1: Oh gosh, everything. I, this is like my ideal world building and like building my perfect. You space heard it here first. Right when
0: Martina's is in charge, everyone's sitting at tables with strangers. Yep
1: exactly if i were a professor i'd definitely be one of those professors who's like everyone has to sit in a different seat every day have you ever had a professor do that i have it's kind of awful actually.
0: It is. because by the end of the, I'm, I'm not going to make friends with everyone in the class but by the end of the semester i'll be friends with like the three people that are sitting around me but if you're moving me around i'm never gonna have time to build the rapport with the, the, the close people It's just going to be me being nervous about a stranger every day. (laughs) Right.
1: My first year Odyssey professor made us do that. I mean, I'm really kidding. I don't think I would do that, but it's funny to think about. Um, Okay, walking. Another form of transportation is my next little subcategory. First things first, walk on the right side of the sidewalk. This is America, where we drive on the right. Walk on the right side of the sidewalk, please. Especially in the main thoroughfares of campus, such as in front of the MLC. Walk on the right side of the sidewalk, please. It is so annoying when you're trying to just move in mass with the huge hordes of people. Again, very a lot of people at UGA. And there's just one or two people who are just forging their own path through oncoming traffic. They are brave, and I respect their try.
0: They're the lions of UGA. They are. We are the sheep. (laughs) They are. But sometimes they're strength in numbers.
1: Exactly. And sometimes I just want to be able to get to class without having to shoulder slam into somebody by accident. Which leads right into my next one, which is please don't slam into people. That has happened to me many times. Again, lots of people. But it's so (laughs) annoying when you're just trying to walk. And someone, especially when they're on the left side, slams into you. Has that ever happened? Yes. It's annoying. It's really annoying. I always feel so offended. It's also just really not that serious. If you're two minutes late to class, I understand. I have a professor who, like, slams the door in the face of late people. But I don't think that the point two seconds faster you're going to get to class by uh, slamming your entire body weight into me is going to really make a difference. My one, okay, actually one uh, footnote on the slamming into people thing. If you're walking on like an empty sidewalk and someone else is walking directly towards you and look like they have absolutely no intention of moving, sometimes I will just stop walking so that they're forced to like go around me. That is kind of a a little thing. I
0: always give like a head tilt to signify what direction I'm going in. Oh,
1: wow. Like a a blinker. Yes. (laughs) I have never heard of that before. John James uses blinkers in campus walking. (laughs) I love it.
0: I'm a dangerous walker.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, you really got to know what moves he's going to make before he makes them or you'll be caught unawares. Okay. My last category classroom etiquette firstly don't be rude to professors this is something that I've noticed more and more like the older I get the more I'm like there's absolutely no point in ever being rude to your professor for no reason have you ever had someone in your class who's just like rude yes it's so it ruins the vibe because then all I can think about is oh I wonder how the professor feels about that
0: Ben like i can feel the energy of the other classmate of my classmates and they're all like they're actively rooting against that person from now on right every time he speaks in class everyone is like staring daggers at him and it's just it's not it's why would you do that why right,
1: right. it ruins the vibe don't do it now if your professor is disrespecting you i'm definitely all for like sticking up for yourself that's a whole different thing There are many extenuating circumstances, but there's no reason to just be like, I think this class is stupid, or I had one situation in a class last semester where uh, one of my classmates kept calling the professor Miss Name, like Miss, basically, Uh, and my professor was like, actually, my name is Dr. Name, Uh, and the classmate said, oh, you have a PhD? I couldn't tell. And that was one of the rudest things I think I've ever heard anyone say to a professor. And the whole... Like you said, the whole class, like, turned their head and just stared at her. It was crazy. And I felt so bad for the professor. But yeah, just don't be mean to your professors. They're just people. And also, there's no point. Like, they also give you a grade. So, if you need motivation to not be rude to people, uh... Most of my classroom etiquette stuff is just, like, don't be mean for no reason. Like, there's no point in it. It makes you feel bad. Or at least for me, I'm very non-confrontational, though, except in the podcast form, apparently. But no one benefits from you being rude, basically. Okay, my uh, my second to last thing. Stop competing for participation. That is something I will really have to face because I'm headed to law school this fall. Uh, and is a real issue there, apparently. But I've started to notice it in some of some of my undergrad classes too. I'm in the law jurisprudence and the state minor, where which are taught by law professors, and some of the people in there are what I've heard referred to as "gunners," where they bring up completely unrelated things or speak in such jargony language that they think it's going to get them, like, more participation points. Uh, it's not true. Like, in the end, if you say anything in class, I think most professors will be like, yeah, good job. You get a participation point. I feel like it also just ruins the learning environment. I don't know. Have you ever had a class with someone who is like that?
0: Yeah, I have. From my perspective, it's a very short-term win for, like, potential long-term detriments because like th- these might be people you're working with down the road mm-hmm. you might need to call this lawyer for help or you might need to talk to this judge because you you, you, you need something so like the, these are people who could help you long term mm-hmm. you might, might be as friendship might be professionally mm-hmm. other things but like in the moment whatever win you get out of that is not worth whatever the downside of what you're doing is and yeah. it's also just kind of like don't be that guy no one likes that guy.
1: Right. No one does like that guy. I don't think the professors even like that guy, like 90% of the time. It's just annoying. And also, my SPIA fellows will understand what I mean. But participation is not a zero-sum game. Like, everyone gets a slice of the participation pie. It's not like, oh, if I sound really smart and do all these things, I'll get a way bigger slice than anyone else. Like, everyone can talk, and whether you say what's right or what's not right or an opinion or whatever you're still going to get the participation point there's no point in making your other students feel stupid or less than all right and then my last one maybe my most important one is kind of kind of known but also in the age of ai and digitization uh don't cheat and don't use ai to write your essays for real because the impact that can have on yourself is really awful And maybe as you could tell by my role here as Deputy Editor of Standards and Practices, I'm a big ethics person, and I know that not everyone is that way. But for me, it seems so clear that beyond the detriment it can have on yourself and your own academic career, it's so deeply unfair that even if you don't get caught, your classmates took the time to write a 15-page essay and cite it and source it and do the brain work And do all of that. And then you just put it through an AI generator. And we're like, okay. Submitted it. Didn't get caught.
0: And the the, the stupid thing to me about that is that AI work, most AI works by just taking bits and pieces of other existing things. Mm -hmm. So this is just plagiarism with extra steps.
1: Exactly. It is. And it's so frustrating. Especially in my journalism classes. When I hear of people using AI. It's like, why are you in the program if you're not going to learn to write? I mean, and that's not targeted at any given person. I don't think anyone I've known personally has done that or even well enough to talk about, like, known well enough to talk about. But don't use AI, especially if your career is going to involve writing. I promise you the writing assignments you're given in class are going to be beneficial to you later.
0: And also, like... So, I was the former sports editor, and in my time, uh, I had a conversation with a professor about AI, and she plugged in, like, write me a gamer from this game that happened on this date, and I read through it, and like 80% of the facts were wrong. There's, it is, there's a, it is very difficult to make AI write foolproof articles. Mm -hmm. Because it is pulling from so many things, it's going to get something wrong, unless you're just so incredibly specific with your instructions. The difficulty of what you would have to do to make a perfect AI article is basically not even worth it, like over just Mm -hmm. writing your own article.
1: Yeah, the risk is not worth the reward. Because, I mean, the time that you could have spent writing the article or writing the essay or doing the discussion post, whatever, what are you going to use that time doing? Like watching TikTok? Watching the Kardashians? Like, I love the Kardashians. That's my example because I've been binging it this week. (laughs) But. It's not like you're- you're using AI to write your essay so you can go to the lab and, like, cure cancer. You're doing it so you can, what, rot on your couch? Do that once the essay's done.
0: AI and discussion posts, the concept of those make my skin, like, itch, it (laughs) makes my blood boil because, like, that is- Discussion posts are the most write-it-in-your-sleep-zero-brain-power thing (laughs) in existence. And if you need AI to do that for you, what are you even here for?
1: Right. I mean, ever like we're all smart. We all got into Georgia. We're all here for a reason. I'm sure we're all capable of writing an essay or a discussion post. Yeah, it might suck a little bit. You might not want to do it. I've been there plenty of times. But just do it. You'll learn something from it. I wrote a really long, arduous essay about the Supreme Court's shadow docket for one of my classes last semester. It was hard. Like. I didn't want to write it at all. I did it, though, and now I can talk to my family about the Supreme Court shadow docket. Like, I talked to them a lot about it over the holidays because I took the time, I wrote it, I did the thing, and I'm all the better for it. I actually learned something, which is what we're here to do. So don't cheat. Don't use AI. It's unfair to yourself. Unfair to your classmates. Not worth it. That's my last gripe.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. I've ever been grape. Do you have anything else you'd like to say, Martina?
1: Just be a nice person. Don't be judgmental. I know that's very kumbaya of me, but in the end, we really are all here to experiment and make mistakes and figure out who we are. So there's no point in using these formative years to be mean.
0: Be a nice person. I think that's a wonderful way to wrap up. (laughs) Thank you for coming on the show, Martina.
1: Of course. I'm always happy to be here.
0: This has been The Front Page front page is a production of the red and black publishing company make sure to download our app and keep up with us on social media don't forget to check out our other podcasts here at the red and black we hope to see you next week